Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. In today's world, chaos is the only certainty. Over the last several years, we have witnessed the impossible occur in global events. The need for families and individuals to not only survive, but to thrive is now greater than ever. Experts the world over have emphasized the importance of generating additional forms of income. In the technologically advanced world we live in today, what if there was a way that we can use technology-powered AI where we can have algorithms do the work for you? Well, thanks to Algo Factory, that is exactly what we did. We teach you not only to leverage the market and carve out profits in the chaos, but we show you how to have a better quality of life by creating your own custom algorithm that trades on your behalf 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All the while, you can continue with your day-to-day -day responsibilities, checking in when needed on your trades that is working for you. Many clients of Algo Factory have been able to fund their savings, go on dream vacations, and even quit their nine to five jobs. They have created more time for themselves and more time for their families, all through the power of advanced AI and their personal custom algorithm, Algo Factory. Trade your job, upgrade your life. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It is the one, the only, V, the Grill Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Markets and Mayhem. We have with us the Algo Cowboy himself, the trader extraordinaire. You can find him lurking in the doldrums and the corridors of trading platforms the world over, but you can find him specifically over at algofactory.tech, algofactory.tech. That is where you find the crypto cow person, the Algo Cowboy himself, algofactory.tech and i'm in there as well we're both running and gunning and we are gunslinging teaching people how to trade and live better lives by building their own algorithm and with that being said cowboy good morning man how are you good bro how you doing i'm pumped up dude i'm pumped up i'm ready to rock and roll you know what I'm saying? Uh, for a second i thought you said you're effed up like oh, just... no, no, i'm pumped up pumped up not, you know. he's just like taking down those tequilas that you know i don't well, you're not el cuco you're not you're not a tequila no no person. no no 
I'm not. I, I don't drink. That 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 would be the producer extraordinaire. Well, CJ's immune to tequila. It, it has no effect on him. <laughs> he has a blood alcohol level of 3.0. COVID cannot even survive in his blood. This is a known fact. It, what, what do you skip the bottle and go straight to the rock or what? I I, I don't know what these terms are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a neophyte. When it comes to the consumption of adult beverages. No, I know I know what your poison is. I know what it is. What is it? It is fermented bananas. <gasps> Who told you? Nobody. I I know I know these things. Oh my god. Fermented bananas are a weakness of mine. I do I do love, I do enjoy a good fermented banana now and again. <laughs> is that even a thing? Like is there some you know, I I or something? Doubt it. I mean and you you could uh you know um you could have you can ferment just about anything. So I guess why not a banana? You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised somebody out there is fermenting bananas, having like real authentic um, banana liqueur, uh, like a real <laughs> banana liqueur. You know, <laughs> uh, that you know what I can't. I bet you that's real. I, I, I bet I, you I, that's you're, real. You're gonna make me look this up, aren't you? Let's let's see if we can find this fermented bananas. Oh, damn it. Look at that. It's actually a good probiotic. Oh, holy crap. Oh, look at that. That's awesome. I'm going to present this so people will see that I'm not making this up. This is a real thing, folks. Fermented bananas, DUI probiotic delicacy. Okay. Yeah. Probiotic. Does it get you drunk though? It's a question. Because like banana, you know, anything fermented tends to have alcohol content. But I think it takes uh is that bananas have a lot of sugar. So when you ferment something yeah, you with gotta sugar, you gotta throw yeast in there to make it happen. I guess you just naturally ferment it. I don't think uh ingredients, banana, tall glass, pinch of sea salt, brown sugar, probiotic capsule, wrapped in plastic and ferment. Oh, that's yeah, you're not throwing yeast at ye yeast. Yeast yeast. <laughs> you're not throwing the yeast, my friend. Oh my god. So you're making like a almost like a, like pickling. Like you have a lot of uh, South Asian cultures that do pickling of you know, fruits and vegetables and whatnot, which I'm I'm a big fan of. Actually, yeah, my uh, my wife's family is from Eastern Europe, so there's a ton of like a ton of pickling going on there. Yeah, so there you go. So that's a banana probiotic. Yes, I do like this. I do recommend it, everybody. Feed your gut and protect the liver, as uh, Doctor Stephen uh, Lustig would always say. One of the greatest. Uh, metabolic doctors uh, uh, out there, one of the top endocrinologists. All right. Anyway, oh, banana wine is popular in the UK. All right, Dixie. All right, banana. I, I didn't know that banana wine is popular in the UK. The UK is going through so much; they got to use anything to 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 get drunk. Absolutely. Vela's is in the house. Good morning, Vela's. How Velas. are you, sir? The one and only village guy. Bill village guy. Banana beer is prevalent in Africa. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> These are genetic 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 model. Yes, this is true. <laughs> oh, folks, uh, Gus. Let me tell you what happened yesterday with Gus. Finally found out. Gus, the crazy SOB, is right now currently in El Salvador. <laughs> oh, he said screw it, dude. Dude, I kid you not. He is. I thought he was just joking. No, he's. I forgot that he actually booked flights. And he's actually in El Salvador doing recon. So you guys is doing where his his money where his mouth is for real. Yeah, Gus Gus takes action. That's that's he does not f around. That is one guy no. he does not f around. He doesn't talk crap. He just does it. 
Yeah, he he moved. He picked up, moved to Vegas, and then like within a short period of time, yeah. the BS that was there, he said, "Screw that! I'm going somewhere else." So he's, he's somebody who uh, who is the embodiment of Gresham's law. Yeah, yeah I, you have to be. I mean, you want to survive in this world, you got to go where you're treated best. Because when you go where you're treated best, your money is also treated best. Mm-hmm. So that's super important, guys. Yeah, well, that's good to hear. Good to hear he's alive. Uh, El Salvador, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, here's the thing about South America. Like, you know, I've talked about a lot of different venues. I think, uh, you know, the if I were to leave the U.S., I'm looking at three different places. I'm looking at Sicily. I got family there, and it's um, okay. You know, there's an immigration issue, but at the same time, I was there, and that issue was like the same back then as it is today. And it's just is there's a lot of food production there. The weather is good. It's beautiful. It's a lot like Southern California where I grew up, where I happen to be right now, actually. Um, but it's like way better, uh, it, you know. And quite frankly, the last I checked, you know, of course it was a while ago that I was there. Gosh, uh, eleven years ago. But there were only two genders there. Uh, otherwise, I'm looking at Switzerland, which is just when when you got money, you can pretty much buy privacy and a good life there. Um, or uh, uh, Dubai. We keep talking about Dubai. Those are the um, the venues I'm looking at, you know, so you I, like I you like civilization and, and modernity, basically. Well, actually, I don't. My, I, I, let me let me put a copy. I do. I, I mean, you give me a good cafe and a bookstore, I'm in heaven, bro. I I, I like it. It's that my wife likes it a lot. <laughs> so oh. you know, I, I'm not like Gus, and I can just you know pick up and leave. I got a, like a wife and kids, and that's um, how you know that, that, that's how Mrs. Gorilla is. Same thing. It's like no, it's got to be like. It's got to have infrastructure and Wi-Fi and all the good stuff. I, I'm the same way, dude. I I I, I like modernity. You know, I, I like civilization. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. That's why I can never be. I'm gonna take some cat food and head to the bunker out in the woods in the uh, you know in the in the, in the in the northern Yukon area, and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna yeah, hunt down. I, I, I would do I'm, that I'm myself. I, I'm cool with the rustic life, but I would do the rustic life somewhere like Sicily. Like, you know, yeah. I, I would go into the, because this is big, dude. It's people, you know, it's. You go to Siracusa. Siracusa uh, is, is more of the civilization. Siracusa uh, is, is like actually very, very close to where my family is. My family came from two places in Sicily, two different quarters from the Ragusa province um, in Augusta and uh, also on the opposite side of the island in Trapani. Um, so my family is, is. And you know, I have other blood besides that too. I'm I'm a Euro mutt to be honest, but I was raised in that side of my family, and um, you know, so I, I spent like a month there. Um, in in particular, I was in Marina di Modica. Um, let me see if I can bring up some good photos of Marina di Modica. Um, I'll do Shigli. I bet you, V. At one point, what you can do is see if you can find like one of those videos, like you always have. Um, of like that robot walking around, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about like uh, well, in Saracusa or where do you want? Uh, just any, I'd say Sicily, anywhere. If you can get something in the Ragusa province, but um, I'm going to share screen here so you all can see what a beautiful place. Um, let's see here. Go to uh, the, uh, how about uh, Palermo? Palermo is, is on the north end. It's it's Ragusa. You want Ragusa? He said. Uh, Ragusa province, like you do Augusta. It's not those robots probably only walk around big cities. You're probably not going to find it. Um, I mean, Palermo is not bad. I'd say do Palermo. It's What's a beautiful place. I yeah, like. Palermo. I like. See, Palermo would be like more my speed. Or what about uh, uh, Cantania? 
Catania is where my family is. That's oh. that's exactly right. Yeah. Okay, let's do Catania. Let's do okay. You share the you do the screen I'll share. Do the, I'll do the video. Yeah, we're gonna get into markets, everybody. Uh, you know, you know we're, we're kind of laid back here. We're what we're fun. doing is we're laid back. Not only really back, we, we just just before we get into Catania, um, you know, we've been having these like okay, there we go. Yeah, this is Catania. This is beautiful. Look yeah, at it's, this. It's, it's a little more civilization there. Uh, my family lives there. They they are uh, they own some jewelry shops and a few things like that. Uh, they actually own like I have family there that basically can like walk into a museum and take something out of the museum and they let them. <laughs> oh, nice. yeah that's you know i don't want to expand on what kind of family that is but oh, oh of course sicily music yeah, that's, I get that's it. enough it's that's uncle enough. tony that's enough that's, that's enough basta 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 you want pasta basta no basta means enough <laughs> oh, okay you don't want to see any more see all you want it's beautiful yeah, you look at look at look at all these buildings how old they are um you know the it's i mean everything like it's just more these beautiful there beautiful bro yeah, that's a, there's a uh, that's a carabinieri, that guy that's walking by. They're kind of like a like a federal police. Um, they get made fun of the carabinieri. Um, the joke is that they always ask why do carabinieri uh, always work in pairs, and the answer is one to read and one to write. <laughs> wow, look at these old buildings, man. Yeah, Palermo is a great city. Um, you know, that's more Beautiful. definitely more civilization. Catania too, though. Catania is civilization. Um, very nice. I like it. Yeah, it's gorgeous, man. I mean, uh, Chefalu. I've been to Chefalu. That's beautiful there. Um, Chefalu. Hey, Chefalu. Hey, Actually, no. I take that back. My sister went to Chefalu. I, I wasn't on that. I was on the same trip, but I went to a different place. Look at that. Yeah, Chefalu. Like, look, this is this is like Westeros from like uh, Lord of uh, 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 Game of Thrones, right here. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> it's yeah, like Westeros where the dragon comes flying in and blows it up. It looks just like oh my god, it's like out of a that's that's wild, dude. It looks beautiful. Dude, Sicily is an amazingly gorgeous place. Um, yeah. you know, it's you well, have to Sicily. You have to like um you want friends there, like you know, I got family there, so we're good, but you, you want definitely to Ragusa. There's the, the whole province ah, right there. Like that's I'm more listening. of a yeah, that's uh, that's probably the look at that. Everything like carved into hillsides. Wow, um, man, that's beautiful. Bro. See if you can find Modica. 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 Oh, Taormina. Taormina is, dude, Taormina is where you want to be right there. That's yeah. actually the um, Taormina is like where the money is. Oh, let's go. So if you just go, go and click on that, that's on the, I think oh, it's on the Italian, on the Sicilian Look Riviera. Yeah, Taormina. Look at that. Maron. Yeah. That's, this is wow, where the rich people dude. are. That is gorgeous. Yeah, I didn't get to go. My sister went. I don't see any shit. homeless people taking a dump on the corner. No, not no, dude. I don't get that cultural enrichment, bro. No, it's not like that. Look at this. And folks, here's the thing. You talk about Italian cuisine. Sicily is the best. Oh yeah, gabagoo. Yeah. Oh my god, yes, gabagoo. <laughs> Sicily. Oh my god, Sicilian food is is just insane. It's so good. Oh yeah, and they have their own language. Um, you know, I, I spoke Spanish. I grew up speaking Spanish. I grew up in Southern California, and I int like purposely learned it, so I could understand in Italy. And of course, what my you know my family says, my dad speaks Italian, my sister speaks it, um, my grandfather speaks it, of course, but he speaks a Sicilian Italian. And there's a story about 15 years ago they all went back there, and my grandfather, being um, 
one generation removed, he got to speak in front of an audience with four people who were elders of Sicily, right? And so he spoke. And when he was the last speaker, and people started crying in the audience when he spoke. And my father, who was watching the whole thing, didn't get it. So why are people crying? Oh, my God. And, and people came up to him and they said, we haven't heard anybody speak this kind of dialect since my grandmother died. And what happened was that my, my grandfather, his mother left and, uh, you know, met, uh, met his father here in the States. They're both from Sicily, like I said, but they met in the States. And so um, – my grandmother's dialect is pre-Mussolini. So Mussolini came in unified, brought the regular Italian down there. They still speak the dialect in Sicily, but it's not like it used to be. So instead mm-hmm. of perché, they say picchi, ah, ma picchi, ma picchi, like, but why, but why? Or they, they'll say like uh, uh, defrutto instead of destructo, which is like destroyed. Just like little things like that. And because my grandfather spoke that, they came up to him and they were like, it was emotional. They were hugging him like, oh, I just, I, you know, and he's a rock star. My grandpa's a rock star anyway. He's a six foot three, fuck size 14. That's a big, that's a, that's a, that's a giant for a paisan, bro. Oh, well, actually, Sicily is like the stop off point for all invasions. So, like, oh, that's he, true. He, that's he, true. You got, yeah, that's, that's a good we movie. have everything there. Yeah, like, my grandfather right. was born with like red hair. Oh, interesting. So was I. I had red hair as a kid. So we're, we got that Viking. Um, but he looks like he, my grandfather looks Middle Eastern Viking. or anything. Probably gay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Viking Gaelic. Well, where do you think the Gaelics came from? Like that's from gays. <laughs> no, no, that's Gaelic. Actually. <laughs> oh, Gaelic. Yeah, so not from the Gauls. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway. it's a long story. So my grandpa Beautiful. also has like African blood, so it's you know we're mixed. But um, so yeah, that's Tower Mina. And here's the thing, like, okay, so if you're from the U.S., right? How are you gonna make money in a country where you don't really speak the language? Whatever. Well, we have a way to make money. Um, and it has to do with the algo factory. And before we get too far, you know, into like the news and all that, um, we have been broadcasting since last week. And I think Thursday was our first broadcast for our live shows. Right. Is that yep. correct? Yep. So, um, you know, we, we saw the commercial at the beginning. And so one thing about algo factory, which I don't want to talk too long about it because we want to get into the news, but one thing to understand, okay. The live shows that happen. It's not like it's a progressive class. Like if you miss a show, you're going to see the same stuff again. It's not like you're, you're going to a lecture. The live show is a practical application of the curriculum that I created inside of the website. So if you go into the website itself, then you're going to be, you know, there's a whole bunch of, of uh, videos where basically, you know, it's, it goes, it's pretty basic. Um, it starts basically at the beginning. It might be like trading is such a complex thing. If I was to create a video to teach trading as a whole, every single video teaching every aspect of trading, it would be like thousands and thousands of videos. So, you know, there's so many ways to trade, so many methods. There's literally tens of thousands of indicators out there. So there's no way that anybody could ever create the, the, a curriculum to truly cover it all. So I, create, I created a curriculum where you can have a starting point. And then once you go on that starting point, it may be based on whatever level of knowledge you have that you have to kind of go out and find some information. We have somebody in there who uh, is a brand new trader, new to the game, doesn't even know the difference between going long and going short. And so we're really interested in actually following her in particular. Uh, We're going to have a conversation in the background for somebody who is so fresh and who gave us 
her trust and her money, we want to make sure she's guided properly. Someone from, you know, who, who is, she knows who, you know, anybody in there knows who we're talking about. Um, but at the same time, we got people in there who, uh, they, they, they are asking questions about like, you know, are you, what do you do for low liquidity? You know, people who are actually traders. So all levels are in there. Um, when you go to the live shows though, understand number one, there's three things to understand about this. Number one, don't let your eyes get crossed because it's like, oh, this is so much stuff. I can't understand it. Don't worry about it. The courses and the website are going to bring you up to speed. And if you're even farther behind, we can tell you where to look to get the even more basic basics. We're going to guide you in your discovery into trading. Number two, if you, uh, number two, I've already said the shows, the live shows, if you miss one, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing every day. You know, we're just looking at the market. Uh, number three, you got to pay attention when you sign up to your emails. Uh, we have a lot of people who, I mean, there there are like, I don't know, 50% of the people or maybe like 60 or 70 are in like the, uh, in the telegram room where everything happens, right? Except for the courses that are on the website. So there's a good 20, 30% of people who haven't checked their emails after they signed up. Because when you, when you check your email, you need to set up a telegram, you need to send us your username. So if you decide to go ahead and sign up, Pay attention to your email and follow the instructions. Otherwise, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna lose a week or two. All right. So that's the PSA. Um, do you have anything else to add to that, V, or should we just move into the markets? Let's move into the markets, brother. Okay. So um, I yes, have an it's, article. It's fifty bucks. That's it, and it's a tax write-off. It's yeah. Okay. So let's talk about fifty bucks. This service that we're offering, I I have worked with other services. Okay. We're offering more for fifty bucks then the better services, not better than us, but we're better than all of these services. I think we're, we're still building it out and we're already offering more 300 bucks is what this is worth easily on the market. If you find a, a service similar to ours, it's probably going to have less to offer and it's going to cost at least six times as much. I actually created this thing for free to help people out and people, I just couldn't get people to do it. So for some reason, people got to pay 50 bucks, right? At the same time, now that we have a little bit of money, we can do higher level production. I could create the university. So it's a much better product than what I could have done for free. That's, that's, you know, but for 50 bucks, we're giving it away and it's not going to be 50 bucks forever. All right. Understand that as, as the membership grows, we actually have to hire people. It's not, you know, so it's not going to be 50 bucks forever. 50 bucks is just an introductory price. So if you get in with 50 bucks, you lock it in. So if you're going to do it, I would recommend considering it soon. Um, so into the markets, let me go ahead and do a, a share screen here. And this is an article near and dear to the gorilla. So I, I, I just go ahead and <laughs> I'm going to let you talk about this, V, because you actually have the knowledge once you're able to uh, get the screen up. Top, Top. SWAT CEO seemed gloomy outlook as demand woes materialize. Uh-oh. Uh oh, that's interesting. Following an unprecedented surge during the pandemic, luxury Swiss watch market has been in a downturn for about a year. The current question is whether the watch market bottom is in, or if prices are set to take another leg down. I think prices are set to take another leg down. I, I think there's some seriously overvalued uh, brand. I think Rolex is going to come in for a correction, but not much. I mean, there's such a supply crunch on Rolex. Uh, it, it's it's not going to be affected, but I, I could see some models, uh, particularly some of the like the newer releases. They just released for 2023 the new Rolex Explorer that might not really take off, and a few other you know uh, uh, um, uh, Oyster Perpetual with with some special 
very fun and stylistic dials that were released that might not really take off as much as people think. Uh, but I think the, their mainstay products, their Submariners, their Daytonas, their, you know, Datejust, their, you know, uh, um, their, you know, uh, what, what else? Their um, Submariners, Datejust, uh, Sky Dwellers, those are still going to be in, in premium demand. I mean, they just released a new, I think a, a, a full-on 42-millimeter titanium uh, Rolex Sea Dweller. Maybe that might pop up a little bit. But I think Rolex overall is going gonna, is gonna to weather this. Paddock is interesting. Paddock really is a a. I mean, they have some high end pieces. I mean, they they make watches that are three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars. Huh? Paddock Paddock Panier? No, not not Palak. Patek Philippe, Patek Philippe, my friend. The thing with Paddock is uh is the majority of the the hype around Paddock has always been recently the the Nautilus. Right, is is the is the Nautilus, and the uh, the Paddock Philippe Nautilus. I, I think some models are going to start returning down uh, to some sort of normalcy in terms of um, pricing, and they're going to start coming down a little bit. AP is the same thing. Uh, Audemars Piguet, uh, also known as AP, uh, part of the Sw the Swiss Holy Trinity, which is Audemars Piguet, Paddock Philippe, and Vacheron Constantin. Those are the three um, uh, of the Swiss Trinity, so to speak. Um, I think the AP, uh, is also that some models will come down as well. Uh, but I, I, you know, at the end of the day, man, I, I you know, there's going to be some downturn. I mean, there's a lot of independents like, you know, that are going to be crashing in price. So this is a, a big outcry, uh, to say this. I mean, this is Terry Stern. Terry Stern is the, you know, the Stern family owns Paddock. Uh, he, he's, and this is what he's saying. He's saying, I see the past two months. And this is important. Because where the watch market is telling you, where the art market is telling you, is kind of telling you where the, the wealthy are putting their money and what they're seeing in terms of downturns. Um, following, is, okay, he says, I see in the past two months the market is a little bit slower than before. Um, the family-owned Geneva-based brand told Bloomberg, I don't say that it's very bad, not at all, but I see that it is slowing down. Yeah, I agree with with uh, what Terry is saying. There is a slowdown uh, that is occurring within the, the Swiss uh, 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 market. But a lot of that slowdown is is pretty much in the in, in the in the West, because I'll tell you right now, you know, the emerging entry level luxury brands like um, Tudor, for example, you know, Tudor is owned by Rolex. They just built a brand new headquarters in uh, in, uh, in in Switzerland, and they just came out with some killer new models for 2023, and they're taking off in Asia. So, you, so in other words, what I'm trying to say is this. A lot of these brands are faring quite well in the East, Middle East, Asia, and whatnot, and they're faltering and slowing down in the West because you have real wealth versus credit wealth, and the credit markets here in the West are taking a massive, massive hit, man. So we're seeing this happening in real time. It's pretty crazy. Um, this chart is the subdial 50, so it's kind of like a, if you will, <laughs> like a watch ETF. Yeah. Um, it's a blurry chart let me see if i can get some granularity on it um let me see that's forty thousand down to so it, it's it's seeing about a 30 percent dump um but that's cool whatever you know so, um so let's see here that's some other stuff on the hedge oh you know what um let's just take a quick look at the economic calendar 
I'm going to go over to StreamYard, make sure I can see. Okay, good. Okay, am I only sharing this screen? All right, so let's go to factory. Okay, so we had some uh, numbers come out today. And so yesterday was a CPI. That's the, uh, the consumer price index, right? And it came up below expectations. Um, I didn't really trade until that happened. And then actually everybody at Algo Factory saw me enter a trade and it went to about, it was basically risking $100 to make 250, although I took some profit off on the way. Um, and then we exited this morning. So when the CPI came out lower than normal, it really put a lot of pressure on the market. So let's talk about what that means. Like consumer price index, inflation measurements, this is month over month, year over the year. When it's lower, when inflation is less than expected, there's still inflation. But when it's less than expected, the market seems to think that the Fed is going to pause rate hiking or even reverse it. Okay, And then the market then thinks that assets will go up and the dollar goes down. And because the market think that's going to happen, that thinks that's going to happen, then that tends to be what happens. It's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. But the reality is, and we've done, we've, uh, I'm going to beat this into the ground. Historically, every single Fed pivot has actually seen a fall in asset prices before a rise. So historically, we're going back to 2001, 2008, um, 1987. Uh, in the 70s, there was another one. Basically, when the Fed has been hiking, 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 the market actually tends to kind of go up a bit. And then, and it there's a lot, there's theoretical reasons for that we don't need to get into. I mean, basically, if the Fed's hiking, chances are there's an inflation issue. And when there's inflation, Prices tend to go up and assets go up. So then the Fed cuts the rate. And everybody says, oh, money's going to get cheaper now. Everybody's going to borrow money to trade. But here's the problem with that. Now, no one knows exactly why. I have a theory. But when the pivot happens, when the Fed officially announces, hey, we're going to start cutting, the market tends to dump. And this is against what everybody thinks is going to happen. Everybody and their mother thinks that when money gets cheaper, then everybody's going to go start borrowing money and start to uh, push the market up because they use that money to trade. Their, their finances are going to become more loose because money becomes cheaper. And whatever extra money they have because of loose finances can be used to play the market. Here's a problem with that. Now, my theory is that once the pivot happens, rates are going to continue to be cut. And if I'm somebody who's going to borrow money at interest, I want to borrow money at the least amount of interest so that I can go ahead and play the market with cheap money. And if I know that, okay, there's a cut right now to say, you know, uh, instead of 5%, now it's 4.75. If I know 3.25 is coming and it's going to come within like six months, why would I borrow at 4.75 when I know 3.25 is coming? Or at least I have a strong opinion that's coming. This is my own theory. I've never heard anybody say that. It just makes sense to me. So when the Fed pivots, everybody thinks that stocks are going to go up and everything else is going to go up and the dollar is going to go down because money's getting cheaper. However, I have provided what I think is a reason for the opposite to happen and the opposite has happened historically. Okay. So following the CPI, once that happened, I entered a short on the, um, the Swiss um, uh, USD CHF, right? So basically the, the dollar Swiss, I took a short on that. 
And it was a beautiful short. It was a risky short. I put a small amount of money on it because my algorithm tells me in this situation, you put a small amount. I put it basically put like 50 bucks to make, you know, 250, something like that. And I ended up pulling a good amount of money out. Uh, my algorithm actually told me I had to exit this morning. So I, I only realized about 80, 90 bucks in profit. Um, you know, and this was more of an example trade and it's a high risk trade, which is probably basically put very little money on it. Um, you know, instead of like a thousand bucks. So everybody got to see it happen though. That's what's really cool. People got to see me enter the trade. People got to see me make all the adjustments. Um, you know, people got to see me exit the trade and that's what happened. And part of what helped that trade get pushed along was that I had a feeling when PPI is the um, producer version of CPI. So CPI is consumer price index. That was that data came out yesterday. Today is the uh, PPI producer price index, and that is actually I think I have that right. Is a producer price index? They're not okay. Yeah, producer price index. Okay, so and basically what that is is that's inflation that producers see. For example, my uncle owns a machine shop. In Los Angeles, uh, his his sons actually own it now, and so when their prices go up, when their materials, their electricity, everything else, when that goes up, it's reflected in the PPI, right? There's a few caveats to that, but that's basically the explanation. Now, consumers see CPI, right? We're the end buyer. We see everything last. Everything filters to the consumer last. Before prices go up for the consumer, prices go up for the producer. So I kind of had a bet and it's a dangerous bet, which is why I didn't put very much money on it. But I had a bet that basically PPI technically precedes CPI in most cases. Therefore, the next day, I literally bet that PPI would be the same as CPI because PPI is actually upstream from CPI. And sure enough, I came in cooler than expected. Um, the actual inflation went down uh, instead of up. And that's the same with CPI. Now, mind you, these uh, these measurements are like BS. Like you can't necessarily trust them. Um, just because this data says that it went down doesn't mean that in reality it went down. Uh, you know, they exclude a lot of items from these numbers, and they actually, quite frankly, I think they just straight up lie. Um, but we are not playing the market as we want it to be. We're playing the market as it is. And the market as it is, <clears throat> is affected by these numbers, whether these numbers are true or not. So, um, you know, I ride, when I surf, I ride the wave that exists. I don't wait for a fantasy wave because that may never come. All right. So, um, you know, PPI hit, pushed the trade even further into profit. And then when I saw my algo tell me to exit, I did, and I did it right in front of everybody all the way from entry to exit, everybody saw it. And even after the live session, when this was done, I was actually updating in the uh, in our Telegram chat. Okay, so that's that's Algo Factory in action. Um, and Zero Hedge does have some articles related to that. So let's actually take a look at that. Um, before I even do get into that, V, uh, what's your opinion on all this? I mean, do you have, you know, I know we, we do like to zoom out to the macro, um, we, you know, we have some, we have some data points that go up until maybe like in another year or two, but in the macro, all the rate things, you know, the pivot, things like that. Do you have any more up-to-date information on when fed pivot or anything like that? Do you have any yeah, of this I, I inside that, baseball? I think, uh, we're looking at May. May is going to be a very pivotal month. 
And I think already, like, you can see the pressure happening already in the back end. There's a lot of talk behind closed doors that, look, it's time to start cutting rates, you know, because this is uh, this is getting out of hand because the, the whole thing is maintaining perception. The most powerful weapon that the United States economy has is perception. You got to maintain perception. What is the greatest perception indicator? Is the friggin' Dow. They need Dow 40,000. It's the only way to sell the bullshit of normalcy and economic growth to the world market, you know, and, and, and when, when, when these rate hikes are signaling to the world market, what the world market already knows, but this is, is that, but many of them are afraid to admit, and that is that the United States e economy is actually insolvent, that, that, that the entire banking system is filled with zombie institutions. So the way you have to counter that, you have to create the illusion of liquidity. You have to create the illusion of, 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 of solvency. And and and, it, and rate cuts with a forty thousand point Dow is what's going to do the trick uh, to get the 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 the, the trade the, the the action the the, the investment and uh, the money velocity going again in the, in, in the real term market. So this is what they're they're stuck with. The, but you know, look, private equity wants this turned around by May. Uh, let's see what happens. Well, yeah, if, if we do see a pause in rate hikes, okay, um, you know, if we see anything like that, it certainly is being set up, right? Like we just said, a lot of this data coming out is fudged, whether it's completely fake or whether it's at least somewhat fake. There's fake, fakeosity. There's fakeness to it. I'm going to start talking like uh, the Reverend. That's a fake cost to me. Um, so, <laughs> um, so basically, some of the data here is reflecting the pressure some of the data here is actually reflecting and even creating the type of pressure for a fed pivot for at least a pause and here it is right here continuing claims hover near 17 month highs california jobless soar okay so california in and of itself is like the fourth biggest nation in the world fourth biggest economy in the world um so of course you know that that's Debatable. Do we really produce like China does or whatever? I, you know, that's another conversation altogether. But they are leading the world in human feces that are being produced. My <laughs> feces and needles in the street. Yes, the capital yeah. of human waste manure and syringes. Well, I'm here now, and uh, it seems like the rain got rid of a lot of the homeless because, oh, like, they they go they they're along the L.A. River, and I'm pretty right. close to that. And uh, like it, it all got washed out, <laughs> so so the, we had a little bit of a Noah's Ark like Noah's situation. flood, huh? It was like Noah's, Noah's flood. <laughs> um, but here we are seeing. <laughs> you see the uh, bodies of homeless along with feces and syringes flowing down into the oh, Pacific. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I would hope the homeless uh, were smart enough to 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 get out of that before they got washed yeah, away. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't wish anybody to die, except for maybe some people who should be chucked into a volcano. But that's another story. Um, you know, homeless are more uh, more victims than anything else. But whatever, you know, I don't want to be too much of a bleeding heart. So, contributing to homelessness possibly is this. Uh, 17 months, California jobless sore. And California being as big as it is, it's like between California, New York, and, and, and like Texas, it's like most of the country's economy. It, you know, so um, with jobless numbers coming out like that, and I think the unemployment numbers came out yesterday. Yeah, unemployment claims are actually higher than expected, 239,000. This is uh, today they came out. And again, that's contributing to potential cuts. Uh, what do you call it? Um, 
to potential uh, rate pause and you know like that. So anyhow, um, that's just another indicator that we could see a pause or reversal soon. And remember, remember, we are considering the concept that every single time in history that the rate pivot has happened, the markets crash. Right. So Bitcoin is an interesting chart. I need to actually do this here. Let's share this tab instead. Okay. So I'm going to move over to Bitcoin. And let's get on a much higher time frame. I'm going to do some screen adjustments here. Bitcoin still has a lot of bullish energy. Okay. So um, I do expect Bitcoin to start to slow down kind of like now, but it could just continue up. I mean, the reality of it is that, you know, the world is changing. The de-dollarization conversation has never been louder. Um, you got t France talking about it. Um, so, you know, is there the chance that Bitcoin's fundamentals could kick in? Uh, maybe, um, you know, we are looking at what the recipe should be for Bitcoin fundamentals to kick in for people to leave fiat currencies, go to Bitcoin. And of course the dollar goes down. So yeah, we could see like Bitcoin go to the moon from a charting standpoint. I don't, I mean, from a historical standpoint, I don't see that happening. Um, we've talked about this on the show before, but in a year before the halving, which is this year, there tends to be a pop-up and then a move back down to either the lows or a structural um, like a structural point. And in this case, I would say the structural low, we're going to do a little, a little mini bit of charting here. I'm going to get out, get out my fixed range. Okay. And we're going to go from high to low, the more recent high to low. Okay. And so this, this, as I zoom in, we're going to look at where price might be attracted to, okay? And that is this area of volume right here. If there is a retracement, if the entire market dumps on a Fed pivot, and historically, Bitcoin has been a risk asset. Over time, it has been a safe haven over time. So basically, you know, if you bought Bitcoin in like, you know, 2017, you're probably permanently in profit until Bitcoin dies if it ever does. Um, but on a short-term look, Bitcoin tends to be a risk asset, meaning that when the stock market takes a hard fall, Bitcoin tends to take a hard fall. Now, there are times when Bitcoin decouples from the market, usually because of technical reasons. And we are in a technical um, storm for that right now, which is why Bitcoin continues to go up as we have seen the market fall. Um, it doesn't mean that that's usually or always the case. It's just the case right now. And in a year like this, what tends to happen historically, Bitcoin pops up for a sucker's rally. And a sucker's rally is somebody who thinks that the moon is coming. They think, oh man, you know, it's, 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 it's here. Bitcoin is going to go to the moon. Well, the problem is, is that there's a massive gap in volume right here. So past where I just drew this teal block, there's not really a lot for the market makers to devour, right? There's not a lot of, of volume. It's in the middle of a block right now where there is some volume for the market makers to devour. They can make money here because there's other market participants. But when there are not market participants, when there is a blank area in the volume, there's just not a lot for the market makers to do. 
except push price back to where there is volume. So there are two places price can go. Okay, it could go up or down, which is kind of like a simple, stupid thing to say. But in this case, the closest place is down, down to this level where there's all that volume. And what is that price? Well, that price is most strongly at about 19,000, but anywhere really from say 20,500 to say 19,000, like 18,9. That's a very likely area if price goes down for price to go. And I do think price will see 20,000 before it sees like 50,000. Um, <clears> I just, that's, that's how it goes historically. Um, now, if price just kind of unexpectedly goes upward, then we have a different scenario. And that, um, the largest amount of volume in that scenario, let's see what it is. The most volume is still right in the middle of that 20,000 area, right? But if Bitcoin breaks through, then in this area that I'm about to draw is a fair amount of volume. So, you know, maybe up to 44,000, there's a little bit around 50, I should say 48,000. I mean, there we could see that. But I, if I had to bet now, I would say price will go no higher no higher than 38,000 before it goes back down towards the low 20s. And quite frankly, I don't think price will make it much past 32, 33,000 before we see a rejection. And historically, on a year prior to a halving, which is the year that we were in, you see a sucker's rally and then a, and then a return to either the lows, which right now is about 15,000, or perhaps this area that I've marked out around 20,000. So um, to, to draw it graphically, um, I would expect something like this. And remember, I'm going to put a vertical line right here at 2024. And I'm going to put another one about at the halving, which is I think somewhere in like April or May, I'll have to, that that's actually subject to blocks being, um, uh, being written on the chain. But I think what we'll probably see just off the cuff. And again, V, once I draw this, I want your opinion. I think we'll see maybe like this, this, maybe one of these, and then like this. And then like that. Yeah. And then like this. Yeah. Well, you know, it's pretty funny. Like right now, when you look at precious metals, it's behaving in the same way, right? Gold, because in anticipation of the Fed announcements that have come out on Wednesday and then today and all that, gold's like up ridiculously. I mean, yeah, somebody in the chat said $46 an ounce for spot eagles. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So uh, there's going to be a pull brat bat pull brack. What's up with my my speech? Pull, today? It's a pull brack. A pull brack. Of course, you could hobo is is always liking to make fun of people's uh, slurring because we, we get up we get I get up at like two a.m. a lot of days. So I just by the time the show hits, I can't say things, and so hobo go go ahead and make fun of uh, V on this one since you're so fond of doing so. There, there's a pull brack. Okay, a pull brack is going to happen. And uh, yeah, Camaro sixty eight SS said it best. It's on you know on Atmax. Atmax is one of the biggest uh, dealers uh, for precious metals in the United States, and um, they're based out of New York. So yeah, I mean, let, let me let, let's take a look at uh, right now. Spot gold is at twenty fifty four. Spot silver is twenty six. Right, uh, it shouldn't be that high. Um, Let's take a look at American Eagles, right? American Eagles. Of course, look, the one thing I want everybody to understand, gold spot price and silver spot price, that's for like an unfinished, unhallmarked, unminted weight of metal. It's not an actual finished product. 
But what spot prices do is that it does increase the premiums that are being paid. So when you look at an American Silver Eagle, I've got one I mean, here. Yeah. Uh, American Eagles are um, if you go to like Monex and you buy a um, hundred coins, like so four tubes, it comes out to like thirty six dollars a coin. Yeah. So um, again, if they have it in stock, that's the funny thing with Monex. Yeah, it, that's, they'll, that's they'll, actually... they'll put up a lot of shit on their on their website, and a lot of dealers do this. Atmax does it. Everybody does this. Oh yeah, oh yeah, forty six dollars. Uh, you know, uh, thirty bucks, whatever. And then you go look at it. Uh, the, they have like five in stock, and you're looking to buy. Yeah, well, I... You're looking to clip like fifty. When it comes to like Monex, I mean, look, I, I get my the V and I actually can you know deal with getting coins. Um, that's actually my family's company, Monex. So that's always like a backup. But I, I don't even. I mean, Monex is great. If you know, if that's your only choice, it's a great company. I love it to death. But the the uh, the gorilla is where I get my coins because he always has them. When other companies don't have them, the gorilla has them. And I'm telling you this, Monix is like one of the biggest co- co- companies in the country. Yeah, they're one of the big four. And it's my family's company. I'm very close to them. Yep. So His you don't know that. Cowboys uncle uh, owns it. Yeah, owns it. Like it's privately owned. Uh, and I still go to the gorilla. So I'm just letting you know. That's that. Yeah. So right now, um, the higher price that you could pay right now for would be like um, uh, at max, right? At max is always tend to be a little bit higher. I mean, you want to get like they're 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 going for about forty, yeah, forty six bucks for a coin if you're getting anywhere between one to twenty. If you're getting fifteen hundred or more, they're selling it to you at forty six a coin. It's through the roof, man. So you know, um, you know, there I'm expecting a pullback on prices Sunday night. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, what's the investing side of autogynephilia like? If what? Auto what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a autogynephilia. Uh, that just sounds like that's isn't that like Caitlyn Jenner or something? No, no. Autogynephilia is is someone who's afraid of their own vagina. Oh, right, right, right. They're, they're afraid <laughs> of uh, No, they're they're afraid of their own gender, their own genitals and stuff. So that's well, yeah, gyna gyna is like female though. So if oh. you're autogynephilia oh, means if you are if if you're female, you are afraid of yourself. No? What is it, Ozone? It's defined Tell as a male's propensity to be sexually aroused by the thought of her of himself as a female. That's what it is. So it is so it is. So it is oh gynephilia, not phobia. Yeah. I was thinking phobia, but philia means love. So yeah. autogynephilia. It's means- a dude that loves to dress up as a as a girl and he arouses himself. Like uh, that guy Leah Thomas is a perfect example, a swimmer dude. Oh yeah. Oh, you know what we should do though? There's what? like a weightlifter. Now that we're on this subject, there was a weightlifter like in Canada, clearly male, has a beard, not even trying to act like you yeah, know. for for I, I I know this story. He wanted to like yeah, and he just point. went in and blew all the female weightlifters away, like <laughs> as a point. He's making a point. So yeah. I, this is what I think we should do from here on out. If you're a competitor, a professional competitor, go compete as the wrong gender. Just go do it. We, we need to that. push this thing to the limit. We need to go and break all the records so enough women get upset. Because look, ladies, I love you to yeah. death. Most of you vote, vote liberal, and and it's because you are very uh, compassionate. So. What has happened is a lot of ladies, and not all of you, I'm just speaking to those of you who fit this mold. There are a lot of males. Uh, I'm generalizing here, so let me generalize. So if you know a compassionate person will oftentimes be fooled by a disingenuous compassionate, compassionate message, which is actually a lie that is meant to push us down a path. So that's just the way of things. So I'd say all the dudes, just like 
yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna train up. I'm gonna go compete as a female Olympic whatever. Not that would be great. It's just but if you get beat by a girl, then you're in big trouble. <laughs> so that's a risk you gotta take. <laughs> Exactly. exactly so yeah i think with the with the bitcoin chart here back to all that um i mean I, I just drew this like really quick um so the timeline on this is maybe questionable but uh, bitcoin tends to dump really fast it takes the stairs up and parachutes off okay so most things take the stairs up and the elevator down bitcoin takes to, tends to take the elevator up and then jump off the building that's so exactly what, I think, what happens yeah, yeah so that's <laughs> all like, right i'm on the top floor gotta go yeah, this is Bitcoin is extremely volatile. That's why there's so much money in it. Um, so I think that we'll see a bottom sooner than what I put on here. I think we'll probably see a bottom before the end of the year. And then we'll see like a slow kind of move up as I'm adjusting the chart right now. Um, and, uh, you know, something like this. like And then by the time we start to hit, like, say, part ways, like May we'll see like a pop-up in May, usually around the halving. There's like a pop-up because everybody's like excited for the halving. And then there's a move back down. And then we start to see the real ramp up. And then, of course, 2025, I think, will be like the next all-time high. So this chart right here is kind of like a basic, just hand-drawn real quick. I don't know. Do you, do you agree with this Bitcoin chart for like kind of a longer-term forecast outside yeah. outside of any major black swan or major major market event? Like if things just kind of go normal, does Absolutely. this look right to you? Yeah, it looks, yeah, it looks right to me. Yeah. So, and then this arrow up is not where it stops. It's just, that's where I stopped my forecast. Um, so we got what, like we got a few minutes yet. V, is there anything you want to see or talk about? Um, no, I think, I, I think today's pretty much a hold up and see there's a, there's some things uh, swirling on in the background. And I think we're going to have a better grasp of this come tomorrow morning. Uh, especially watch the crypto markets, watch the metals markets and the commodities markets. Very interesting. Uh, it, I, I think by Monday, there's going to be a nice culmination of a few things that I'm watching. And I don't want to talk about it as of yet. And then because I'll save it for next Thursday. Uh, OK. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, man. There's there's a lot. Oh, man. I'm going to give you a Tyrone Biggums right now. See? You got any more of that inside baseball? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm cooking for crack. <laughs> well, like the, he, he shows up and I was like, I'm here for the five, uh, the five o'clock free crack giveaway. <laughs> like actually this is an intervention we're worried about you ain't, ain't gonna be no crack at the end <laughs> <laughs> no crack man no crack xrp someone has a question about xrp we'll look at xrp real quick again that's all <laughs> held hostage by the sec ruling and ginsler with everything's a security what Everything. <laughs> Love the parrot, dude. That, that struck me funny, dude. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that's what Gensler is. He's just ah, security, security, everything's a security, <laughs> That's what it is. Jeez, that's Louise. T- hey, 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 Gary, funny. bought some peanut butter. Peanut butter is a security, Mark. You're selling the batteries, Mark. Don't call the CFTC, Mark. Uh, that's that is very funny. Um, like it makes me think of Jim Brewer and his uh. You know, that's that that whole uh, that whole COVID deal. Um, Brilliant. (laughs) What is it? uh, Follow the science. (laughs) Follow the science. science. (laughs) Six foot safe. (laughs) And then he like does the flapping. All right. So um, XRP is actually despite being held hostage. um, All right. So fundamentally is one of the few coins I care about. Uh, XRP, Bitcoin, handful others. Now, Ripple Labs and XRP are 
two separate entities, Ripple Labs created XRP. There's a lot of other solutions, but XRP seems to be, and, and again, uh, kind of a dark horse is XLM. Pay attention to XLM, Stellar Lumens. Mm. I actually met um, one of their, uh, and I'm still in touch with uh, Stellar's, like one of their executives who came from Ripple Labs. So understand that they are related. Um, the guess of all of the, XRP and XLM heads out there, the the fanboys um, and girls. The guess is that XRP is going to be used perhaps as part of international settlement between you know large companies. Might be like a liquidity solution, or perhaps which I mean the ultimate situation would be for XRP to be a liquidity solution and source for the derivatives market because the derivatives market is being held together by bailing wire at this point. Um, and it, and there, there's like a massive <laughs> liquidity issue. Electronic so, you know, duct tape, baby. Like, yeah. That's how the gorilla says it is electronic duct tape. So the derivative market might be kind of where XRP is aimed, but what we do know for sure is that, you know, the uh, um, XRP and Ripple Labs, their leadership is like at the IMF meetings, the, they're dug in deep with governments, like their relationships are unlike any other crypto, very much on the institutional side. And so there's a good chance that whatever its use will be is going to be massive. And until, and I think that's why they're actually holding it up, um, you know, this with, uh, uh, who is it, uh, the the parrot, who was it? Is it Gensler? Yeah. Gary so Gensler... Yeah, Gary Gensler. There you go. So he doesn't want this to take off because uh, I think Gensler, was it him or was it somebody else? One of the main people who started the lawsuit actually is a beneficiary of the Ethereum Foundation. <laughs> so you have somebody because Ethereum was like another contender for like major usage in the economy. So it seems as if, well, it doesn't seem as if. The fact is, is that some major players in Ethereum were in the SEC at the time that this lawsuit was started. And now the SEC just won't let go, even despite the fact that like federal judges have ordered SEC to make a decision, they still will make a decision, which is just another example of how corrupt the system is. So until that happens, I mean, look, Ripple, it looks good right now. Maybe it'll continue to go up. All I can really do is map out because of the fundamental kind of breaks that are being put on everything i can only map out the uh, areas where it's going to encounter <clears throat> issues if it goes up and it's in one of those areas right now from a charting standpoint and it seems to be actually holding up really well in said area so i'm going to zoom in on this but i need to build it first okay so get this area here bit of weakness right here and this will be it this the, we'll, we'll end the show with this um and a tiny bit of weakness right here. So, you know, you're, I'm mapping this out. I'm going to zoom in right now. So we're on a high time frame chart. We're looking at like, you know, a couple of years of the price action. Price tried to rally up into this kind of order block or lack of an order block. It's actually a gap. So market makers had nothing to do. They can't make any money up here because there's like a big break in volume right there. If I were to actually get better with this. So where they can't make money market makers will push price away and will push price to where they can. Most of the money is made for them around the 35 cent mark, right? Mm -hmm. So price is all the way up to the 50 cent mark. It may be that people see the incoming. There is somebody, I forget who it is. Uh, I think it's one of my banker like buddies was saying that the volume and the way like the volume and the patterns right now um, with ripple in the last several weeks indicate some massive front loading. 
So it might be that, or front running, I should say, it might be that somebody knows something, right? Because it's rallied into this area, and it actually, according to my algo here, eh, yeah, it's it's actually still looking rather bullish, um, you know. So we could see price kind of move past going to the 60 cent mark. If it can't move past, it'll probably head back down to say at least like the 40 cent mark. So we're looking at kind of right now it's range bound. It's range bound between say um, really 50 cents and like, you know, 30 cents. So yeah. that, that's what we're looking at. If it breaks above, it will have to break above 58 cents or really 60 cents to really do anything spectacular. And then it's going to meet resistance again at about 65 cents. And then it has to break through 72 cents and then it'll meet resistance around like uh, 87 cents. So that's, I mean, this, you know, maybe 90 cents. It's not exact, but um, that breakdown right there, if you just go back and look at the video, I did it fast because we're running out of time, but you can always come back and look at this video for that breakdown. Um, you know, so there's an up scenario, down scenario. There you have it. That's what I got for Ripple. Very well said. Folks, that is the end of the show. We will be back next week. Uh, same uh, Gorilla Time, same Cowboy Channel. It's the one and only V, the Gorilla Economist, and Algo Cowboy himself. Markets and mayhem, folks. Markets and mayhem. Learn your something, boy. Learn your <laughs> something. I and I. I and I. <laughs> And folks, again, check out algofactory.tech. Algofactory.tech. Trade your job. Upgrade your life. Yeah, 50 bucks a month. That's like basically free. I'm, you, know, and you can write that off too. Like whatever subscriptions that you do for trading, you can write that off on your uh, as a, uh, a sole proprietor. So, you know, it actually becomes less than that, whatever your tax rate is. But 50 bucks ain't going to last. I'm telling you right now, it's, it ain't going to last. This is worth like, at least $300 a month. So if you're going to yeah. do it, lock it in. Learn how to build your own algo. Let it do the fishing for you. We teach you how to fish. That mm -hmm. being said, we're over and out. Take it away. Spirit of CJ, who's not with me today, but he will be one day. vacaciones. He is... Uh... Actually, it's, it's actually La Cuca, because that's the La Cuca Racha, right? You got it from the... No, man, El Cuco, man. Like, he's the crazy one. Uh, El Cuco, like a cuckoo. Yes. Oh, okay, Jeez. I thought you were taking it from uh, from uh, Narcos, from La Cuca. No, not La Cuca, man. That's a La Cacaroch, you know? Yeah, that's a, I was, oh, he's not a cockroach, man. No, man, he's El Cuco. He's crazy, man. All right. Okay. All right, with that being said, we're over now. Cheers. Peace and plenty. And... <laughs> Bottle of chicken grease and all that other good stuff. Pasta la pasta. <laughs> <laughs>